0: If it's an electronic, if it's electronic, if it's if it's leather, paper, papyrus, hold it up for a moment, would you? Yeah, just, yeah, thank God. Bring your Bibles. Yeah, bring them. Uh, yeah, some, Brad's got his device up here. It's, it's, it's a Bible, so just go ahead and take that now. Uh, two, weeks ago, two weeks ago, we began looking at uh, this reference in Psalm chapter 1. And if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there to Psalm 1, and we began to look at this portion of the Bible, in Psalm chapter 1, and, uh, and if you have it in front of you, you can follow with me as I read, or it's going to be on the screen, but Psalm 1, the first Psalm, verse 1, again says this, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand In the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. When it says man there, it means man or women, mankind, the person. Again, it reads this way. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. This very brief verse right at the beginning of Psalm chapter 1 tells us that the blessed person will distance themselves from certain things. Now, I know that a lot of times in church culture, people say, well, you shouldn't talk about the the don'ts, but right here at the beginning of Psalms, it says don't, do not associate. The the blessed person does not associate or, or, or they distance themselves from certain things. They distance themselves from the counsel or the advice of the wicked. You know, there's a lot of people whose hearts are corrupt, who can give a lot of advice, but it's not good advice. Seems like everyone has an opinion and a lot of people like to give directions to people. I was talking with someone earlier this week and and they were spouting some really bad advice and it was coming from a heart that was not right with God. That wasn't good advice. It also says that the Blessed person will distance themselves from the way of sinners, and in other words, the way, the the route, the the road to where they go. You avoid that way. It says that the blessed person avoids the way of sinners, and then also the seat of mockers, those who who make light of what God is doing. They they stay away from where those those persons sit, and so you, you see this here that there's a distancing. <laughs> We don't like always the the negative, but it is. It starts off there. It says we distance ourselves from that. Then verse 2, it becomes a little bit more proactive here. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, that is God's law, he meditates day and night. So again, when it says here the words the law or his law, it's referring to the Bible. Now not all of the Bible had been written yet when Psalms 1 was being penned, but we have the entire word of God. It relates to it all. The person who delights in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. The blessed person. So blessed people. We saw this 2 weeks ago. Blessed people will distance themselves from certain voices and they will devote themselves to God's word. It's both not just one, it's both. It's, it's refraining from one and running to the other. Now, the longer that I live, and I've, I've lived quite a while now, not as long as some of you, and yet longer than others, as long as I live, the more I see that this is true. When we turn off the often loud, frequently persistent voices that distract and discourage and sometimes even destroy boy there's a lot of voices that we hear aren't there a lot of people saying things a lot of people giving some directives and some advice and and boy there are times we just need to turn that off there's a lot of times we just need to turn that off turn a deaf ear to some of those voices but when we distance ourselves from that and then truly listen to what God says in his word then that life is going to be blessed that's a really good deal but look at verse 3 It says, those who distance themselves from some things and devote themselves to the Word of God will be like a tree planted. Get this image in your minds. Will be like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. So quite simply, verse 3 is telling us that when we distance ourselves from from certain voices, and devote ourselves to God's Word, when we, when we stop listening to some and we begin listening to the Word of God, when that happens, we will be like a firmly planted tree. We will be fruitful, We will not wither regardless of what comes along, and some really hard things come along in our lives. But when we are firmly planted because we've turned off the voices of some and listened to the voices of others, then when those seasons come, we will not wither. We will, in in response to that, we will prosper and develop in whatever we do. It's a great deal. It's very simple, but that's how the Book of Psalms begins. This this remarkable book of the Bible called Psalms. Well, two weeks ago, uh, again last week we had a guest who ministered, and so I wanted to share just a little bit of what we looked at two weeks ago. If you weren't here, and because it's been two weeks, but but two weeks ago, I ask that if you have not previously spent much time in God's Word, engaged in God's Word devoted yourself, as it says here, to God's Word, I, I, I asked you, really actually challenged you to do, to do five things. I said, get a Bible. If you don't have one, we'll get you one. But get a Bible. The second thing I challenged you to do was to get alone with a Bible, <laughs> to turn off all of the other stuff that can invade to to set aside a time to carve out of a schedule and and hold to it a time in which we commit to to god's word and then if you have not consistently read the bible to to begin reading in the book of matthew i, l- I love the old testament right now wednesday nights we're spending a lot of time in the old testament but but the gospel of matthew begins telling the story of jesus the the one who purchased our salvation, the the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God. And you begin reading in Matthew and, and it will begin speaking some things to you. And the third thing was to read at least four times on four different occasions during a given week. Very simple. And the reason that we do that is because extensive, I gave you many of the numbers two weeks ago, the statistics, how persons who engage in God's Word at least four times a week, that their lives are markedly different. Their behaviors, it has, it has an altering effect on how we live, what we do. It, it affects our marriages, our parenting, our minds, even our bodies. It has a measurable effect upon us. For those who, who don't just occasionally go in there or just listen to a sermon on Sunday, but for persons who engage in God's Word at least four times a week, there's a marked difference. And then the fifth thing I asked was to read at least one chapter each of those different days. And not, not a large part, not a, an enormous part, but you see my, my drive behind this as a pastor is that I am acutely aware that if we're going to grow in Christ, we must grow in His Word that if our only connection with God is a few minutes on a Sunday morning or maybe a little bit on a Wednesday night or a, maybe a Bible study or listening to someone speak on a, on a recording as you're commuting to some place, if that's all of the spiritual nourishment that we are receiving, then we are effectively starving. It's really important that as followers of Jesus Christ, if you really are a follower and you really want to grow in him, that we become people who not just respect the word, but people who are people of the word of God. And so I gave that challenge. And so with no one raising a hand, uh, please no no, no outward response, but just inward to yourself giving this challenge two weeks ago how's it going now how's it going now how how's how's that working for you this pastor your pastor most of your cases i'm your pastor and 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 i've given you this challenge so so how's it going how is your time in the word I've made the comment before that with almost every message that I preach, see, I don't don't subscribe to someplace and get a sermon from any. I I carefully pray and prepare. But I found something in the 30 years that I've been pastoring, almost 30 years, I have found that I will either live the message the week before or the week after. And I say that because I have just finished a week, right? The new week starts on Sunday morning. I just finished a week that it was, it was one of the most difficult weeks I've ever had to engage God in His Word. And, and I, as I'm preparing this I'm and, and working on it throughout the week, it's, it's a little here and a little there and, and much of it I had prepared before, but this is one of those weeks where there was something early every morning that, that I had to be at and I had to respond to and there were more tasks in this week for me than almost any other week that I've ever had. I'm not complaining, I'm honored to do it, it's just that here I come and I stand before you with total openness this morning on a Sunday morning saying this was really hard for me this last week it's something that I've done it's something I'll comment more on this but I know that it's challenging I I'm I'm living this challenge oh I I engaged with God in his word at least four times this week but but it wasn't as much as usual And we face those times, don't we? And yet I challenge you as your pastor that as the old saying goes, and it is almost cliche, if you give someone a fish, they will eat for a meal. If you teach them how to fish, they will eat for a lifetime. There's some truth to that. And I've been made acutely aware of, as a pastor that That I can feed you and I'm very careful to, to prepare something. But if this is the only nourishment that you're getting, then you're starving. And I want you to encounter God in his word. I have encountered God in his word. God has spoken to me so many times through his word. I've never heard God's audible voice. I've mentioned before that if he ever does speak to me audibly, I will let you know. I've never heard him speak. In fact, I'm really glad because it would scare the liver out of me if I actually heard a voice. I'm not saying that can't happen, and perhaps some have, but it's never happened to me. I've never heard his audible voice. I'm looking forward to that. In fact, the very first time that I hear his audible voice may be when I'm standing before him and he says, Well done, good and faithful servant. If that's the first time I hear his voice, I'm okay with that, and that will be great. But I've never heard his voice. That being said, I've had God speak to me hundreds, no, no without exaggeration, thousands and thousands of times as I've gone into his word. This morning, a little bit of a different kind of a message I want to share with you some of those occasions. One that stands out in my mind happened in my early 20s, many years ago. In my early 20s, I was in a a season of, of great temptation. I've found that there are seasons that we go through, and sometimes the temptation to do something is is extremely strong. There may be various reasons for that, but we often go through, or we will sometimes go through those seasons. I was going through such a season. Now, what I was tempted to do isn't so important, but I knew that it was wrong. Again, I was 22, 23 years old. And the temptation to do this was so strong. The Bible in multiple places condemned it, identified that that is sin, warned against it. But I wanted it very badly. Um, I, wanted it, I wanted it so badly that I considered going ahead and doing this and then asking God to forgive me. Is it, is it, don't raise your hands, but has anyone else ever done that? I was like, "Yeah, I, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to do it, and then I'll ask God to forgive me." That's a dangerous thing because that can affect our conscience, and it it doesn't stop His grace, but it affects our responsiveness to that. And I was going through this season, and I I knew it was wrong. Again, the Bible clearly said it was wrong, but I. I was getting close. In the midst of that spiritual struggle, that difficult season, I was reading one morning from the book of Proverbs. I had, starting at about age 12 or 13, had been taught and had been accustomed to spend a little bit of time in God's Word every day. And I was reading one day in Proverbs chapter 6, in the middle of this struggle, and I read one morning from Proverbs six, and God spoke to me. God spoke to me very, very clearly in this season. In Proverbs chapter six, verse twenty-six, it says, "This can a man carry fire next to his chest, and his clothes not be burned?" Now that that's that's a little bit of a, a symbolism there. In other words, can you can you take something that is potentially dangerous and carry it so close? Do you really think that you're going to get through this without it burning you, without it affecting you? And and I remember that day as I was reading God's word, as I was engaging God in His word, as I was listening to God in His word, even in the midst of this temptation, I had not given into it. You see, that sin is when you give into it. But I was deeply tempted to give into this, and God spoke to me through his word, the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly that day, and he warned me that if I got any closer to this, it would burn me, it would damage me, it would perhaps even destroy me, because I was getting close to going ahead and doing it, but I knew that it was wrong, and, and God warned me, <coughs> excuse me, in his word, you can't carry fire next to you and you not be burned. You know, I, 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 I'm so thankful that God spoke to me that day. I'm so grateful that God spoke to me that day through His Word. When I Now, years later, when I consider everything I could have lost had I surrendered to that temptation, I'm going I'm to go so far as to say this, had I surrendered to that temptation, I wouldn't be here today. Somebody else would be up here. Because it would not have only burned me; it would it would have it had the potential of destroying me. But God spoke to me through His Word. Another time, a few years later, and this one not quite so serious, maybe even a little bit funny, but some a few years after that, I, I was uh, in my apartment and I received a letter from what appeared to be a reputable firm, saying that I had been randomly chosen to receive a high-dollar item. <laughs> And all I needed to receive that high dollar item <clears throat> was to send them a fifty dollars check for the uh, for the shipping. Now, now, right now, see you're you're a pretty savvy group, and you're you're aware of this, but uh, those kinds of scams were not yet very common. I don't know why they chose me, maybe because I'm a guppy. I don't know, but they were uncommon then. and I was rather naive, and so I thought, that's great. I wanted one of those items, and so I wrote out the check, and I put it in an envelope, and I put a stamp on the envelope, and I remember putting it by the door to mail the next morning. Early the following morning, I was reading. Again, it happened to be in the book of Proverbs. You see, there are 31 Proverbs, and I I, for many years, in addition to my other Bible reading, I would read the corresponding proverb for the day. It happened to be, again, the sixth of the month, and so I was reading once again in Proverbs chapter 6 that day, and that morning, God spoke to me again through his word. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, it says this, "'My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger,' If you've been trapped by what you said and stared by the words of your mouth, so do this, my son, to free yourself since you've fallen into your neighbor's hands. Go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the follower of the fowler the holy spirit by the way who's the author of this book the holy spirit when i read that because i was engaging god in his word it was very real it was very powerful it wasn't nearly as serious as the earlier thing that i referred to but the holy spirit spoke to me through his word and he said this is a scam <laughs> and i walked across the room and i Tore up the check, I kept the stamp because I hadn't mailed it yet because I'm cheap, and so but i I tore the check up and 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 I, at the most, I would have lost maybe fifty dollars, but not, again not so serious as before but 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 I learned something that day that again God spoke to me as I devoted myself to his word. a few years later we began my wife and I were married now, and we began pastoring and We we soon learned that as a pastor, I would be called to lead people through change. That's not something that people often think of as a pastor, but as a pastor, do more than just stand up and preach in front of people or comfort people when they're hurting, but a pastor is frequently called to lead people through change, changes in their lives, changes in our church. And, and during one very challenging time of leading people through growth and change, one very intense time of leading people through these transitions, um, there was a, a, a rather strong and, and frequently not so nice turmoil. It's amazing how, how sometimes unchristian some people can be in a church. And some of you have experienced that. And I was leading this church, this church that was struggling and growing, but I was leading them into where God wanted them to be and out of where we had been. And it was difficult and there was a lot of resistance. (coughs) Some of it not so nice. Some of you have led in, in different areas and you know how stretching and intense those times can be. And one evening, while I was in God's Word. It wasn't in the morning on this occasion, but I remember it so clearly. One evening, I was reading in 2 Chronicles chapter 15 where one of the Judean kings, the southern kingdom, was leading people through change. And the words that God gave to that king thousands of years ago, God lifted off the page and he gave to me. These words from 2 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 7, but as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. And when I read those words, God said, this is for you, not just for a Judean king who lived thousands of years ago, but this is for you. And I remember sitting there reading God's word and him speaking to me. God in that moment encouraged me. And he told me that I wasn't the first leader to face this. That there were others who had went before who were leading people through change. And God spoke to me and he encouraged me. And because of that, because God spoke to me, I did not give up. And we saw the church in that time become what it had never been. To reach people that it would have never otherwise reached. Oh, it was difficult. But God spoke to me through his word. Because I was in his word. In my early 30s, God put it on our hearts to pastor a different church in a place called Aberdeen. The church here had contacted us, we had replied, and then we heard nothing. For weeks, nothing. For weeks, Stan, nothing. And Joni and I were praying every day. We were praying every day for God to either take away the burden or to make something happen. God, either take the burden away for this place that I'd never been to. God, either take the burden away or make something happen. But neither happened. And it was agonizing. It was a a trying time. One day in my office, I was down. I was so down. In fact, I was so down, I was on my face, on the ground, praying what I just said. I said, God, you need to either take this burden for, away from this place that I've never been to, a church that I know nothing about, or you need to make something happen. And, I, and, and I'm down there on the floor, and God very clearly told me to read Genesis chapter 41 that seemed puzzling why genesis 41 i knew okay genesis 41 it's like it's like joseph that's like 39 and on that that's the story of joseph and so i knew it had but why genesis 30 or 41 so i grabbed the bible that one of the bibles that i had in my office and i open it up and I begin reading and when I arrived at verse 32 again it's as if the Lord lifted supernaturally lifted it off the page made it three-dimensional and almost rotated it about I mean it was it was I didn't see that but it was it was so real it, it it seemed as if the words were emblazoned in stone these words the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon in that moment when I desperately needed to hear from God, I wasn't hearing from anyone else, but I, it wasn't, I didn't need to hear from anyone else. I needed to hear from God. And because I was obedient to him in his word, I found the answer in his word. He told me to go there. When I read that, I broke down and I began sobbing and crying, not with sadness but with relief, thanking God for speaking to me through his word. I don't have that Bible with me. It's back at the house. But if I were to show you that, the, the, the page is all crinkly and stiff because of tears. I didn't know when the call would come, but I knew it would come. Because the matter had been firmly decided by God and he would do it soon. And he did. One more. The night that we received a phone call from one of our children, late at night, 11 o'clock at night after an exhausting day, just gotten home, no it wasn't, it was, it was 10 o'clock, we received a phone call from one of our children that they had been in a Minneapolis park, had sat down on a picnic table, put their hand down and into a discarded syringe. A medical needle. It's not the kind of phone call you want to get at the end of a day just before you go to bed. I didn't sleep well that night. I didn't sleep very well at all because of the questions that are going through my mind. A Discarded needle in Minneapolis? What could be on that thing? Is it tetanus? Well, that's, is it hepatitis? Is it HIV? You know, and, and these these thoughts come to you, right? And, and, and I'm wondering, is there some kind of a poison now that has come into our child that could threaten their life? Oh, those, those are hard things, aren't they? I mean, you just... A few hours later, in the middle of the night, like 2.30 in the morning, God put on my heart that true story from Acts chapter 28 where it says, a viper fastened itself on Paul's hand, but Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. And I read that, and then I read it again, and I read it again, and I read it again, and I read it again. And I said, Lord Jesus, what you did then, you can do now. The Spirit of God told me, the Spirit of God, through his word, spoke to me that if he can protect his servant from a venomous snake, then he can protect our child from one discarded needle. You see, that's God's word. That's why I get a little bit irritated when some people say it's just a book it's just another book. It's written by men. No, it isn't. It's written by the great I Am. It's written by God Himself. And if we really want to hear from God, then we will spend time in God's Word. And so many times throughout my life, and I know for many of you, I know this is the case, but for so many times throughout my life, He has met me in His Word. And He has comforted me in His Word. Why? Why? Because it, it happened because when we do that, when we spend time in His Word, we are firmly planted like a tree along the stream in Psalm chapter 1. Our leaves in those occasions and through those seasons and through those experiences, our leaves will be shaken, but they will not wither because of the power of God's Word in Him speaking to us. Why do I share these stories from my life? Is it because I'm, 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 I'm someone special? I assure you I'm not. Those of you who know me, I mean, that guy is like the least extraordinary. I'm, there's nothing special about me. I don't. Is it because you, you, you have a, a hotline to God, you know, under the bed? There's the red phone? Or, no, I don't. No one does. I don't hear from God more or less because of some credential that says I'm a minister of the gospel. But I have learned, and even with seasons like this last week, I have learned how important it is to turn off the incessant voices, the incessant noise of our world, and to listen to God in His Word. My friends, there's some things you just need to turn off. I'm going to say it again. There's some things you just need to turn off. Some of you, you say you don't have time. Turn off your computer. Turn off your phone. Turn off your recording device. Turn it off. Turn off the music. Some people you need to turn off. Some people you just, you do. And there's some things where you just need to, Distance yourself from them and engage with God in His Word. And I promise you, I promise you, He will speak to you. People Say, I've never heard from God. I hear from God in some ways more dramatic than others. But there's not been a time in my life that I've ever gone into this that in some small way God did not speak to me. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to every one of us. You have encountered. You have encountered, or you will encounter, things that are more than you can bear. Some of you are facing some things right now, and it's just more than you can bear. And there are some things that you're. some of you are going through right now. I know it, man. I. I know some of you, I mean, they're just, and I pray, pray often in the middle of the night, oh God, be with so and so. They're really going through it. There's some of you that are going through some things that are just heavier than anything that you ever thought possible. So when those things come, let me say that again, when, not if, when those things come, may the word of God May the word of God be so much a part of your life that he speaks to you on that day, for that moment, for that heavy, heavy thing. So once again, if you have not done so, I want you to get a Bible. I want you to get it in a translation that is readable there are many good translations I want you to get alone with God that means turning off some things that means if you have to find a place years ago I lived in an apartment that was so loud I had access to the elevator room and the elevator room was more quiet than my apartment and I would take my Bible up there and I would spend time with God and God spoke to me in that place. You need to get alone with God. And you need to get alone with his word. Just the word. Not, a, not even a devotional. Not another book. Not someone's recording. Not a message by me or anyone else. But get alone with God's word. Turn off the voices, other voices, and get alone with God's word. Begin in Matthew. If you've not not done so, if you've not done this, again, I'm challenging you. Because, listen, I know that if you begin to do these things, God will do things in you that this pastor never could and never should. So begin in Matthew. Begin reading the the messages, the events in Jesus' earthly ministry. And then you'll start in Mark and it's different perspective. Many of the same stories, some new ones. And then Luke. And then, and then you'll read John. And John has, he was one of the closest to Jesus. And he had such a unique perspective. And then you'll start reading the book of Acts. And you will see, you will identify with people in the book of Acts, the history book of the early church, and you will begin to see things there and you'll identify with people and what they're going through. And then you'll get into what we call the epistles, the, the letters that were written to believers or to churches. The gatherings of believers around the world and you'll, 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 you'll learn from that and God will speak to you. I promise you he will. If you do this, you will be amazed. I promise you, you will be amazed how God will speak so clearly to you. I forgot, two other things. Read at least four days a week. Do it at least four times. And read at least, at the very least, one chapter. One chapter each each time. God will speak to you. You you will be shocked at at what, what he will reveal to you. He will reveal things about your life. He will speak to you about the circumstance that happened last night or he will prepare you for what's going to happen that day and two or three o'clock in the afternoon you will say i just read the answer this morning so i want you to do that it's very simple very simple but it's so important would you do that would you be people of god's word i've hardly met a believer yet that didn't respect this word and people that wouldn't do whatever is possible to get a copy of this word. And yet so often I see followers of Jesus Christ who do not yet, but will be reading God's word. So I challenge you this morning. I'd like you to stand. Joni, would you help us? <clears throat> I'm going to close in prayer, but we're going we're to close with a song. A song that we sang earlier. Give me one pure and holy passion. And you're gonna see the words on the screen. I'd like you to sing this out and let's sing this as our closing prayer. And and one more thing. Would you, again, would you take God's word in your hands, electronic or otherwise? Go ahead and just take it in your hands. And I I want a a tangible, I I want a touch point of something that... God I want to be a man of this of your word I want to be a man of God but I know that you're going to speak to me through you're going to strengthen me through you're going to instruct me you're going to rebuke me you're going to correct me more at that another time but you're going, to, you're going to do all of these things in your word I don't ever want to become a person who worships the Bible I want to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and more than any other way that's how he's going to speak to us so I'd like us to sing this. Give me one pure and holy passion. Give me one magnificent obsession. So no one follow hard after me. Let's sing it together. Give me one pure and holy
1: passion. Give me one magnificent obsession you yeah. Give me one
0: Every word of this book and every word of it is true. Every word of it is powerful. It may have been written a long time ago. But God, it's the living word. It's as fresh today as the day that it was first penned. It's as real and as powerful today as when you first inspired people to write it. It is without error and it is your plan for our lives. God, as we make our way through the challenging maze that is this life, the unexpected twists and turns that we cannot see coming, Lord, I believe that when we are faithful people in your Word, when we engage your Word, when we spend time in your Word, regardless of what comes our way, you will speak to us. You will guide us. You will encourage us. You will comfort us. You will warn us. You will instruct us. We will grow in you because you speak to us through your word. I thank you for the power of your word. May it be said of us. May it be said of every man and woman here today. That is a man of God's word. That is a woman of God's word. May they say that of us. May they see it lived out in our lives. I pray this, Lord. I pray your blessing upon every person here today. You will guard them and keep them and use them for your glory. There's a world that's lost. There's a world, Lord, that's going to hell. But You made the difference. You gave us a way out. So, Lord, use us for your glory to bring the life-transforming and eternal life message of Jesus Christ. We pray this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Go in the power, in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ.